on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. So I always say the business owner is, he's the guy that usually the small business owner, he's dealing with the finances, and he's yep. dealing with the guys in the field, yep. and he's dealing with the customers, and throwing the marketing and all that other stuff in there. He's sure. kind of dealing with all those, and you can learn to let go and give those responsibilities to somebody else and hire good people. If I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm worried. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, what's up everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings. Sheldon Stewart is on the King stage today. How you doing, Sheldon? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. A hundred percent. Not just a king in the business. You've been a king in the business for quite some time now. I'm excited to have someone with as much history in business as you do. So Sheldon, what, what type of business do you have? So we, uh, we have a interior exterior painting company that provides house washing and carpentry service. I love it. And so, you know, I, I love talking to trades and guys like you, because I say guys like you, cause they're guys like me. I feel like I feel like someone who can dial in to the to the basics, like what you just said. These are our three core foundations of what we offer and build a big business around it. I just I just have so much respect for. So before we dive into your history and how you got started, all that fun stuff, I want to know why are you still pressing at this level? Like you've got decades of history. Why are you still pressing into Stuart Painting Incorporated? You know, I my wife asks me the same question every day. I, I think it's, uh, I think that I'm a driven person and I find growth and next step. I love it. And so I, I love doing what I do and, you know, I'm surrounded by people. Well, not surrounded by people, but I, I talk to people all the time that say, all they talk about is retirement, retirement, retirement. Sure. Sure. It's great. I, you know, uh, I, I think it's a great goal and I have the same goal. I just, I'm going about it a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think to maybe expound on that, tell me if I'm wrong here, but retirement to you looks, sounds, feels a little different. It, it does. It's, I, I think that it's not in my DNA to, to have the, you know, I don't even know what retirement is, you know, the old retirement of you turn 60 years old or 65 years old and you retire, you have a pension and that. That ship sailed for me a long time ago when I decided to have this business. That's right. So that being said, you know, if you love what you do, which I do, I just have to find a way to still make this portion of my life part of my retirement. Yeah, I love that. It's basically just an extension of your lifestyle. You, I think, I think everybody would say that you know, retirement is to do the things that you love, right? Like I get to travel now. I get to do all these things. And for guys like you and I. We love business. We love building. We love pressing in and 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 all this stuff. So why why would why would we remove that 
from the time when we're supposed to be doing what we love. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, how many people do you see or hear about that stop doing what they love to do or what they love to have and they do something else and they're not happy? Yeah. They're doing what, you know, fits in the box of what they're supposed to do. Right. Exactly. Well, I think we're going to get so much wisdom in the, in the coming minutes here. So I want to get to your story. You've obviously been in business a long time. Tell us how you got started and like when, how long you've been in business. Give us a little bit of the history here. Yeah. So I've been in business 40 years and back in really how it started for me is back in high school when everybody used to, to be a painter for a particular coach. And uh, I said, gee, this is going to be great. I'm going to have a great summer job. I was a freshman in high school and I went and saw him and said, sorry. You're too small. Wow. Too small. Yeah. House. What do you mean? To be a house bear? So it really motivated me to start lifting weights and to then, you know. Wow. You no, know, because I knew my sophomore year, I was going to be on that guy's paint. And, and so I won. He said, oh, yeah. And then, you know, then it was the junior year and then it was the same year. And then I started doing jobs on my own. Wow. And, and it just, Start, you know, when I was in college, you know, I had 12 people working for me when I was in college. So I wow. would deal with, of course, now it was like any other college student sometimes. This, that's right. It was a little <laughs> disorganized. Uh, but, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> it was survival. And, uh, and I, I, I love the, uh, I love the hunt. I love the uh, thrill of it. And I'm still the one in college. You know, I, I picked out a, a, a theme here. Or maybe something that can be can be picked up by the listener. Tell me if you agree. I heard that you say that business owner that you worked for, he he taught or he coached through the year so that he wouldn't have any labor shortages in the busiest time of the year, which is the summer. Is that what I heard him do? Oh, that's what you heard. He was a good recruiter, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. He had her, he had her figured out. That's All right. That's right. Well, you're summer. Exactly. Well, I think that it's, I think it's remarkable actually that you being, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old and your desire is to want to be on this guy's crew. I would have been in the same place. I was working construction at the same age, especially in the summertime. And uh, to have a little bit of guidance around like running a business around it would have been, would have been fantastic. But okay. So, so you start your business shortly after high school, if you were doing it in college, yeah. you're running 12 guys of a, in a crew while you're in college going to class or were you even going to class? Yeah. Now that was, it was probably more seasonal than anything, right? Because sure. you go to school and it's, and it's the end of the season or the jail end of the season. So you're trying to wrap up, you know, the right. five or six jobs that you get going. And that's right. Then, you know, you roll into the winter time and you try to set up some stuff for when you're coming home on winter break. Right. Right. And again, for the springtime and then again for the summer. So, okay. So tell us, tell us when it became, maybe not real is not the right word, but tell me when it became like full blown. Oh, okay. So. It was the, it was the, probably the summer of 85, 85, and uh, the person that I had worked for and been doing some, you know, some other projects for my first boss, he came to me and he said, I I need to talk to you. And I said, oh, this is going to be great. You're going to make me a partner. This is great. And uh, he came to me and he said, I'm out of the business. I'm, I'm. I'm closing up shop. I'm moving to New Hampshire and here's 10 houses. Then I'm going to give you my 
all my customer list in his 10 houses. If you want them, you can have them. Wow. And I said, well, you know, all right, I'll, I'll do it. See what happens. So that, that's how I begun in college to continue to have this painting company. Got it. Uh, and I started out that way. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I can still remember the days I come home in the summertime and there'd be 50, 50, you know, messages on a machine and I would just erase every one of them. And I just Whoa. didn't know, you know, I, had a, I was young, had a lot of, you know, I had a couple of houses in front of me. It was great. It's all you needed. Those, those days changed quickly. That's right. That's right. Well, especially when you can build out some teams and, and 50 houses can go by like this, as opposed to back in the day, you were just trying to keep up with the two. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it made me, you know, it made me realize early on that I wanted to do or be something more than someone that had five or six or 10 houses in front of me. And, you know, in the wintertime, I'm dying to listen to the recording and call people back. And in the summertime, I just wanted to erase every one of them, you know? So yeah. I knew there had to be a better road for this. Yeah. And so let's talk about that because obviously getting that under, under wrap or organized probably was what helped you put together some real systems. Was there, was there something along the way that changed it from, I mean, I guess after you accepted those 10 and maybe after you got out of college, but was, was there ever that play where you were like, okay, now is when I'm leaning into more than just the 10 houses that are ahead of me type of the thing? Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the reality is that the painting industry, I, I would, I would drive, you know, around and I would look at all the different painters and I, and I. I would always migrate to the most successful ones. And mm. I, and I always wanted to be like them. And I, and I would go to the paint store in the morning when they were there. And I'm a young guy and these guys were like 65 years old. You know, they had these established 60, 70, 80 year in business, you know, multi-generational. That's what I wanted. And so, and I realized in our industry, there are so many people that have a ladder and have a truck and they have a name on the side of it and, and that's their company. Right. Uh, and how do you separate yourself from that? How do you separate yourself from that? Yeah. Was, was my, my goal. Yeah. Okay. So how did you do that? Well, it, it took a lot of, a lot of failing forward. I would say I was never afraid to try something new to him. Different people working for me, people would say, why do you have pink sweaters and with black lettering? And yeah. I was just always trying to find a way to, to stand out. Sure. Uh, and, and then I want to say, when I started to get more vehicles and realized that you have to have different systems in place in order right. to, yep. um, to continue growing. And I started searching. I started reaching out to consultants in the industry and I failed at a lot of them. It cost me a lot of money, but right. I knew that I needed to keep on searching until I could find someone to get me to the next level. Wow. I love that perspective. So let's talk, let's, let's break down this journey here into some, some more practicals for the listener. So far, I'm hearing you say that even though there was, you know, guys being successful. And then there's plenty of guys who weren't. You gravitated toward the successful ones. You were trying to emulate those guys. You're trying to get time around them, whether they realized it or not at the paint shop. Yeah. Um, 
And so now I want to know, like, what was a decision along the way that was a good decision that you can look back on now, but you realize that it was like, you know, the catapult to a lot of what you have today. So, you know, this is going to sound, might sound strange to a lot of people, but okay. when I was younger, and I mean, in beginning days of college, I got into some debt by um, purchasing a home and at those high, huge, high interest rates. And, you know, people always say debt is bad. You know, you don't want a lot of debt. Well, you know, for me, if I looked back, that debt created things. Okay, how so? It, it, it made me, it made me work. It made me realize that I, I didn't know. I mean, what is the peak of debt? When, when am I ever going to get out of it? How, how old am I going to be? And, right. and can I continue to, can I continue to take care of this amount of debt by myself? Right. Or do I need a lot of people to help me? Yeah. To work for me, right? Many hands. That's right. So the debt, and, and I talked to people about this, you know, maybe not now, but back when I was starting, the debt really, it made me apply myself in a different direction than I would have gone had I had no debt. Yeah. yeah, I'm hearing you say, I mean, given I think today's culture of expectancy or almost like a, you know, everybody's got a handout type of a thing. I think that when you go get credit card debt or certain things, it's almost like expected to a degree. And there's no willingness to like fight to pay it back. But what I'm hearing you say that you got was this like, okay, my back's against the rope. In order to survive, I got to go figure this thing out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think there's good debt and bad debt, right? I, I oh, think, sure. You, you know, and I had developed good debt, right? And I just knew that I was 21 years old and I had a mortgage that I, I had paid. And you got to get busy. Uh, yeah. So how do you do it? Right. And, and the biggest, I think the biggest eye opener for me is getting turned down by so many establishments for credit or why because it wasn't a legitimate business mm -hmm. i was you know i did that 1099 thing and, and i i wasn't w2s and it would and so it really made me focus on i'm 23 years old 24 years old right what's my life going to be like if i was 35 years old yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a huge takeaway there from a like, I don't know if I if I'm looking at you and I'm listening here today, I'm six figures. I haven't, you know, reached the seven figure mark. I'm listening to someone who's been in business for 40 years. There's been a common theme of professionalism or almost just like a, a taking it serious that you've that you've given to us just in the last 20 minutes. But I think the the reality is is that there's a lot of guys, like you're saying, they kind of just like they have a side hustle. They have a little thing that I kind of just dabble with. And uh, what the differentiator, if we go back to that common theme that you just shared with a couple minutes ago, is that the guys who took it seriously probably had a uniform. They probably carried themselves a specific way. They, they had clean vehicles or whatever, whatever the, the thing down the line is. It wasn't just, hey, I, I've got a, a paintbrush, a ladder, and a truck. And so would you say, just kind of staying on this vein for another half second, is that, is that like the differentiator between kind of like the, the, you know, the joker, <laughs> the guy who's just kind of spinning around doing the half, half jobs and the real deal company? 
Or is there anything else that will go along with that to really you know, I, I've told people, I think that money is a, well, a lot of people get into an industry to make money. Sure. And, and I certainly get it, but the, you're probably not going to make money unless you build your brand in that industry to be at the highest point that you can get it to. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a hundred or 200 or 500 employees. You might just want two or three, but if you're only doing it for the money, then I always say the money will never come. Yeah. Yeah. And, and always doing the right thing is, I, I think is really, really important. It was important for me. And you know, it, it's, it's one of our mission statements that, you know, we, we always do the right thing. And the right thing for me doesn't mean it's the right thing for you, but you've got to be true to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the perspective there of, uh, yeah, even just what you just said, like just being true to yourself. I think that uh, there's a lot of folks, especially in today's world, that are, are, you know, dipping the toe in. And I'm hearing someone like you who's got decades of experience, if they just drew the line and decided to do this thing for real and treated it like it was real. It sounds like that's half the battle. It really is. I mean, you know, it's simple for me. Just, I want to do more of what I do. I don't want to do more of other things. I just want to do more of what I do. And the better I can do more of that, the, the, the better my brand. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I always say it's brand, brand. And, you know, I like to, you know, what really is going to separate you from the next guy or the last guy? And, 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 it, and it might not be a uniform and it may not be like your trucks. It may be something more. It might be that, you know, you're involved in the community. Right. You know, that you give back to the community. Yep. yep. It, it might be that, that, you know, People around you see you for more than what you are, even though they know exactly what you do. Yeah, there's so many perspectives that go into that. So I love that. Okay, let's flip the coin to your bad decision. I'm sure you've got plenty of them over four decades, but give us give us just a really, really dirty, nasty one. Oh, man. So when I first thought that I needed to really improve the systems and, and I needed to bring a consultant on board, and boy, I'll tell you, I brought my first, the first consultant I ever brought on I almost lost my whole company. I mean, wow. it, 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 it's that typical, I'm cracking 10 grand or 12 grand or whatever they're going to do. And they come in and they, yep. they just, it was a weekend of, oh, this is going to be great. And then he left on a Monday and I said, and everybody came to me and it was, it almost derailed me. So what I thought was going to be so terrific and get mm -hmm. me to the next level almost did exactly the opposite. Yeah. Why do you think that that was? Because I wasn't ready for it. You know, you're not always ready for that type of culture sure. change, right? And right. I had a culture that I had created for, you know, 10 years. And now all of a sudden someone's going to come in and say, well, we'll change everything. And yeah. I'm not going to be here for you when you do it. You're going to do it on your own. Yep. And uh, it was, it was devastating. It really was. It was, I, I went from, and he told me I'd be prepared from my, to lose some employees, I just wasn't prepared to lose all 
of my employees. Ooh, yeah, that's that's no bueno. You know, it's funny. I've had these talks with entrepreneurs over the years, and there's there. I think there's a certain profile that wants things done for them, and then there's guys like you and I where we're like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. I have, I have, it may not be perfect, but I've like put some like real blood, sweat and tears into this thing. And, and I, and I don't want you to actually come in and do it for me. I want, I just give me the, the framework and then let me, let me do it because, because there, there's, there's, there's relationships, there's, there's a blood, sweat and tears. There's, there's specific things along the way, especially with employees that I would never just want to take a, a new way of thinking or a new culture, a new something. And just, here you go, you know? I think that uh, every is everything. Yeah, right? man. No one likes change. They like the results of change, but they don't like, they don't, you know, that's right. They, they want to lose the 25. They just don't want that thing in the middle called the diet. Right. So, that's right. That's right. Well, yeah. So, yeah. That was a, that was a, an eye opening experience for me. Well, now you've said you've hired them since then. And so I assume that you've, you've had better results. And so tell us how you were maybe more prepared the second or the third or however many you've hired. Well, I would say, um, the consulting firm that we use still today is they were, they, they're a, a culture firm. They, they really believe in culture and that the change is implemented by the company, not by them. Sure. Uh, and, and I think that is, I think that is so important is to recognize how your company proceed change. How do they how do they adapt to it? Do you have integrators? Do you have, I mean, who is, who is going to push the change? Do you yeah. have, and, and who is going to push against it? And who's going to absorb it? Yeah. And yeah. so I really think that the thing that I learned the most about change is that you really have to introduce it to your culture so they, you're not forcing it down that throat. Sure. So. So I, I think that the that some there's a lot of consulting firms out there. I I like partnership consulting firms that that help you and are there to support and not just give give you a bag of goods to to sell to your team and right. they get their bag of goods and they leave you with your bag of goods. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, one's more relational, one's more transactional, and I think that we were definitely in alignment on that. That's what I prefer as well. You know, it's interesting, especially with the uh, topic of change. We've had we've had several folks in, in in my different teams and different businesses that I have, but you know, say different things about change. But they all know if, if they're working for me, they know things are going to change, and that's it's probably the only constant. And and it's actually funny. I had one of my the gals on my team give a presentation. I don't know a couple of weeks ago. We were in in person mastermind and delivering some information for some guys, and and she shared about this topic. But the to watch her growth in it, knowing that like it changes very difficult for certain profiles, like you just said, hers being one of them. She's very detailed, very structured, you know, and, and ruffling the already said lane that she's established is makes it difficult. And so we've had to, we've had to bob and weave over the, the course of time together, but I'll tell you, she's, she's better now because she can be flexible, but at the same time, I'm better because I've had to deal with someone like her and many others on how to be able to deliver change in a way that they can absorb because like you said, some people just, it just bump, bounces right off where guys like you and me were like, great. Like, let's make a change. Let's, let's go. Let's run. We're right down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right now, change the whole name. 
<laughs> Change the whole business. We'll do it right now. Who cares? Okay. So I want to ask you about any disciplines or process that you have around decision-making. Again, you've made so many decisions over a course of 40 years. What process do you take them through? So I, I believe in, um, one, I think that I'm a big believer in checklists and I like my, I have a management team and I, you know, I think that I think a lot of decisions you have to let go a lot yep. of decisions. Yep. You have to let other people yeah, empower them to make decisions. They may be, they may be good ones. They may be bad ones. But like I said, I mean, I got here by failing forward. So if yeah. someone on my team has to fail forward, I have to be strong enough to watch it. That's right. That's right. So, That's a good way to say it. You know, some of my, you know, I, I believe in, I believe in clarity. I, I think that it should be on the same the same page. I think that I'm okay with multiple people on my management team, knowing the finances of the company, sure. making decisions, setting goals. I think that, I think goal setting is, is probably whether we do it, we do it yearly and then we break it down into quarterly goal setting. I think that it's, it's probably one of the most important things that we, we do. Uh, it, it's the roadmap for, you know, either success or failure, but at least it's a roadmap to get right. you back in track, back online. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so many, so many entrepreneurs don't even do this for, for themselves individually. And so I would take what you just said as a process of making decisions and quarterly meetings and being able to give things away. I, I love it. I think you're a hundred percent right. And I think that the listener is challenged by that for sure. And I think that potentially even step one for them is to create their own goals, create their own quarterly targets. Are they meeting with themselves? Are they creating the roadmap for the next 90 days? Otherwise, like you said, how, where are we going? I mean, even a vision. I mean, we'll write a three-year vision. It, it, yeah. It's a chance for you to dream, right? But, so it is. where am I going to be in 2025? That's right. It, and you get, to, you get to have fun with it. You know, don't, don't make it a wait. Make, right. make, have fun with it. But yeah. I think a vision is, uh, I think, I think a great vision drives all goals. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. I would even add on to that, that the communication of said vision, like you said, gives clarity to the team. So I love that you said that. I think that if they don't know what they're doing or where they're, where you're trying to take them, how, how can they, how can they run hard? How can they get behind you? Right. Right. And, and, you know, the unknown, yeah, everybody is uh, talked around the water cooler, right? Yeah. Right. But they really don't know. The direction, I'm right? Like, show them the direction. Yep. And then, then they don't have to guess. Exactly. Yeah. It, which is hard. You know, I think even for guys like you and I, like you said, we've had to implement systems over the course of time. I don't think either one of us are perfect yet, but it's still a, a work in progress where we're, we're still meeting. We're still putting things together. We're still sharing the vision. We're still trying to bring more clarity because I think that people operate at another, at a whole nother level. If they can not only understand what they're trying to accomplish, but inside of what it is that you're trying to accomplish as the entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I learn every day best ways to communicate with people. It's a challenge for me, right? I'm, every day. You know, how I communicate to this person is not the same way I can communicate to that person. That's right. And so I, I learn every day. I'm never, I'm never, uh, I never stick my head in the sand and say, I can't learn anything today. Yeah, I think that that's so important. And you kind of just brushed on it just so briefly there, but one of the keys to success, I think. All right, Sheldon, I want to I transition to our speed round. 
I'm going to ask you a question here, and uh, some of these are going to be one-word answers, but the first question is this. If you could dwindle your entire business down to one trackable metric, what would it be? Probably net operating profit. Okay. And why is that for you? Because GP and things like that can get eaten out and they can look better than that. And if you try to spread some wealth, people will find a way. If you're based on just the GP, they'll find a way to make that a bad thing with a net at the net. And yep. this is what we're really dealing with here, people. Yep. Yeah. It includes the whole story. That's right. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you got to read the whole book to get down to that, that, that last closing line. Yeah. No, you're so true. So right. Okay. What book would you recommend that a six figure business owner read? You know, that, that is an interesting thing because just, just to find the time to read multiple books, I think yeah, it, it's it, a decision. <laughs> I mean, the secret by Ken Blanche or seven hat, a seven Habits of a Highly Efficient People by Stephen Covey. That those are some good books. Yep. But I'll tell you, I'll stop like three or four books, five or six books, and have them all uh -huh. going. You know. Yep. Well, I, I, you know, I do like Jack Canfield. I think he's a great. He's got some great books. But uh, yeah, I don't know if there's just one book that I could point out to say this one. You read this one book, it's going to get you from sure. A to, yeah, I don't know if it's just one. That's all right. I think there's uh, some several examples there that you gave to us that are, that, are, that are mighty fine. Next question is, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Yes. Okay. And why? Best practices. I want to know, temp you know, uh, I communicate with other painting contractors all over the country. Sure. Um, I like to know what the temperature read is out there with hiring and, and best practices and culture changes. So I think it's, you know, do I network? I also network where I'm located. Sure. But I think that, I think it's, I think it's important to network. I think it's important to be amongst your peers. I think so many, so few people do it. Right. It's that whole competition thing. And uh, it's too bad, I think. I think there's so much to be learned because you know what? We're all living in a really great place in a big area and there's plenty of work for everybody. That's right. I, I think we can just learn a lot from our, our peers. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that perspective. It's very abundance mindset as opposed to scarcity. And and you're right, there's, there's plenty of work, especially if you're doing the things that you talked about earlier in the show, which is differentiating yourself from those folks that aren't your peers maybe, but they're just in the industry. Mm -hmm. I think that and there are lots of ways to do that pretty quickly if someone's like actually taking the business pretty seriously or not. So. Okay, next question is this. If you only had one hour in the week, so each week you only get one hour to work on the business, what would you do in that one hour to successfully, to successfully run your business now, like you do now? I had one hour. I would speed coach three divisions. Sale, finance, and production. There you go. What other divisions are there? Well, you know, so I always say the business owner is he's the guy that usually the small business owner, he's dealing with the finances and he's yep. dealing with the guys in the field yep. and he's dealing with the customers right? and, you know, and throw in the marketing and all that other stuff in there. He's sure. kind of dealing with all those. And if you can, you can learn to let go 
and give those responsibilities to somebody else. Right. And, you know, hire good people. You know, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I, I, I'm worried. So, I, you know, I just, I just think that if I had an opportunity, I would, I like to coach. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think the skill set, like you said, it's best used. And then obviously you could touch those most important areas. I think it'd be great. All right. Last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you lost it all, Sheldon, what would you do? What would you do? Oh, yeah. This is where they would probably say they put me into a special place or something. But <laughs> if I lost it all tomorrow, yeah, I would start over. And guess what I'd be doing? That same thing. You'd start painting the next day? Oh, man, look at all those lessons I had learned that yeah. I never got to implement, right? Oh, yeah. Or that that I learned too late. Right. You know, I'll tell you one thing. I wish, the number one thing I wish I had learned or knew is to plan the end at the beginning. Uh, yep. Because everything you do from that visionary point at the beginning of your career will have steps towards the end of the career. Actually, and, 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 and instead, we, we just... Yeah, I know you think about it too late and then you have to cram things in. That's right. So, but, but yeah, that I would, I would, I would, I would enjoy to do it all over again. And I would do a lot of things differently. I, you know, I just so appreciate a few things that you just said. I want to just say them again for the benefit of the listener, but you just said, I would enjoy to do it all over again. And I think that that takes a certain level of crazy, which I put myself in the same category. So I'm not calling you out at all. I think it's why guys like me have started multiple companies because I just get that the certain feeling of, wow, look what, look what I can do or look what we did as a team. And, and let's go do it again in different industry or different, different type of thing. And so I, I love the, the, the word enjoy. I think you just took pleasure in the idea. Like you were just, I could see it in your mind. You were like, wow, if I could let go of all these things. I could do it again. And that would be so much fun. I, I just think that there is something to be said about a guy who's been in business 40 years, who has that response rather than, well, you know, I'm just a couple of years out, probably should just hang it up. You know, like that's just not the guy who's going to be on the show. Number one, but then number two, who's going to be at the level that you are like, you just, you, you just didn't get here by accident. That's what I want the listener to hear that Sheldon get here by accident. And it's this mindset right here, this, I would enjoy to do it all over. And of course, all the, to apply all the lessons that you didn't get to awesome. yet, like such a abundance mentality. I just so love it. What do you want to add to that? Yeah, I can, I can see well, you over there you know, I, typing. I think, <laughs> I think that, you know, if I was, if I had learned to relax a little bit more or, or had a couple of different hobbies, I might've chosen to be, you know, a bartender in the Caribbean. <laughs> but I, I didn't. So now you can just go there and enjoy and and just go the bar there. in the Caribbean. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not a bartender in the Caribbean. Exactly. Exactly. Well, your perspective has just been an honor to hear. And I just appreciate the time as, as it's the most precious thing that we have. The fact that you would give it here today. How can the listener connect with you, Sheldon? How can they find you online or your website? Or how do you want to have folks reach out to you? I'd love for them to be able to connect with you. Yeah, our website is Stuart, S-T-U-W-A-R-T, paint.com. And of course, I'm available by email anytime, Sheldon at Stuart, 
Oh, perfect. You have been just absolutely incredible. I hope that our relationship continues because man, to have guys like you who are peers, but also years ahead in mindset and perspective is just so valuable. And so I just thank you for being here and giving us the time. We really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Thank you for all you do. This is a great, great, great platform. Awesome. Yep. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.